Come on. Isn't that so great? I can't tell you how many pastors and churches I've had tell us that they are praying for us, even taking time in their services to pray for us. God's doing an amazing work in San Diego, and it's a great time to be a part of it. And I have been looking forward to this day for so long, for since the day that we started the church, I dreamed about this day where we would come together and have the opportunity to generously give to build the house that God had called us to build. Isn't this exciting, church? Oh, my goodness. And um, let me just tell you, uh, if you're a guest with us for the first time today, this is a great time for you to be here because what you're going to see is an ordinary group of people, but giving extraordinary gifts and commitments to an extraordinary God. Because we believe in the light of Jesus shining brightly in the city, in this nation, in the nations, and for generations. And, and let me just say, I have been so touched. I don't know if you saw the kids. Some of you, it's your own kids that brought these little light bulb piggy banks. And they were so excited. I was talking to a couple of kids. And, and one little boy looked at me and goes, I just sold my bike to give to the light project heard of another little girl that she was giving her little like stuffed animal, her, her teddy bear that she's had her whole life. That's what she's selling to give to the Life Project. The, the, the heart of our children is so amazing. And let me just tell you, they'll remember this day the rest of their lives. I remember a day like this when I was a kid and it marked me forever. So this is such an incredible day. One that many individuals and many couples, many families will take their greatest leap of faith of their whole life. And let me just tell you, when we take a leap of faith, God is there to catch us in his big arms. So we, we entitled this The Light Project for this reason. When we first obtained this amazing piece of land on the 8 freeway, we had to have a legal name for it. And so we unanimously agreed Light on a Hill. Because that's what we want our church to be, a light to the city, a light to the nations, a light to generations. It's on a hill Right up above the 8 Freeway, it's actually in a neighborhood called Del Cerro, which means of the hill. So we said light on a hill, and then we said, okay, so what are we going to call this initiative? And we said the light project. What we didn't know was how many spiritual connotations, this inextricable connection in people becoming a light for Jesus and us being free with our finances, how, how there's this inextricable connection in Scripture. And we've been unpacking that. If you've been with us the last few weeks, that's what we've been talking about. This is the culmination of that. Because can I just tell you, this isn't just a practical journey of putting this building on the freeway. This is a spiritual journey where Jesus is taking us, the living stones, and making us into his house. And so let's dive into this this morning in Matthew 25, yet another parable where Jesus talks about light. He talks about his people shining a great light for him. It says this, he's, he's explaining it in a story. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. And Jesus, of course, is known in scripture as the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. 
The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Now, please don't use this as an excuse to sleep in church. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, and they trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, oh, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us and, and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with them to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Let's unpack this incredible parable. First of all, you notice there's 10 virgins. What does that symbolize? That symbolizes people who want their lives to be about God. I believe that if you're in this room, you wouldn't be at church if you didn't want your life to be about God. Second of all, it says that they all have lamps. Can I just tell you that God has called every one of his believers to carry a light for him? His purpose, we've established, Jesus is known as the light of the world. Jesus shines a light in this dark planet, but his way of changing lives, of bringing hope and life and love is actually sending out his Christ followers to shine for him. We're all called to shine and we all have lamps, but it's actually our responsibility to prepare that lamp. And so there you have five wise and five foolish. There's two types of people. And that's the question, which one will we be? Now, the bridegroom was a long time in coming. And so many were drowsy and falling asleep. Can I just tell you, as we look upon the church in the world, you see many Christians who seem to have kind of lost their focus. We're a little apathetic. We've, we've maybe lost it a little and we, and we seem a little sluggish. But he's coming. Can I just tell you that Jesus is coming back? Guys, this isn't just a fairy tale. This isn't just some wishful thinking. Jesus Christ is returning. And when he returns, he will make all things new. He will set this world in rightful place. There will be no more, more hurting, no more pain, no more genocide, no more death, no more disease. And the question is, will we be ready for him? And will we be found shining for him? And that's what this parable is about. And so then you have to look at this. The wise ones say this. Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. We have to take responsibility to shine that light. And how you do it, there's a financial transaction. There's this interesting aspect of our lives that part of our readiness for Jesus and part of shining for him is what we did with our finances, with our possessions. Look at what this commentator says. In the larger context of Matthew 25, the main point of this parable is clear. Our readiness for Jesus's return is determined by our stewardship of the resources that he has given us. Here's the next part. Some think that readiness for Jesus's return is just a very spiritual and abstract thing. It really isn't. 
It's a matter of being about our business for the Lord. In light of this parable, we must ask ourselves, what have we done with our knowledge, our time, our money? Now, let me be really clear for a moment. This, this isn't talking about salvation. Can I just tell you that salvation is free? The Bible says that God demonstrates his love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for you in your worst. You don't buy your salvation. You, you could go your whole life and never give a dollar back to Jesus and still be saved. In fact, you could go your whole life and never give a dollar to Jesus or his body, the church, and still be loved. God loves you because he's a father and he loves his children. But this is about being ready. This is about shining for him. And there's inextricable connection between what we do with our finances and shining for him. Do you know, actually, Jesus talks about money more than anything in all of his words? Is it because Jesus is money hungry? Of course not. You see how Jesus lives. Why? It's because Jesus knows where our treasure is. That's where our heart is. And more than anything, Jesus wants your heart. I, I dream of leading a church where Jesus would look and say, I have each person's heart. I look down at that church and their hearts are for me. And so I started thinking about that this week. If Jesus was looking at my bank ledger, you know, at the end of the month when you look through and see where you spent your money, would Jesus say, I have their full heart? I actually started thinking about this for the first time. Would your bank ledger point someone else to Jesus? Like if, if someone could study your bank ledger at the end of the month, would they say, yes, that person's a Christian? And not just that, that person's in love with Jesus. Let, let, let's say um, someone actually got in on the dark web and, and was able to access your bank ledger. Would they actually, while they're trying to steal from you, would they get saved? <laughs> because they're looking and going, what is this person spending their money on? I see all these things that are given to Jesus. Would your bank ledger lead someone to Jesus? I dream of a church, of leading a church like that. Look at this next. Um, we, we, we gathered on Thursday night to, to uh, get our staff and the life group leaders and some volunteer leaders and said, we're gonna go first, leaders go first. And so we're gonna take up a first harvest offering for the light project. And it was an amazing night. And here's the scripture that God gave me for that night. And I felt like I should read it again. It's another parable, Matthew 13. It says, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Can I tell you, you're called to shine. You're called to shine like the sun in the kingdom of the father. Whoever has ears, let him hear. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. So God, God is saying this, one day you're walking along and all of a sudden you, you're walking through this field. And, oh, you stump your toe, you look down, you uncover it. It's a treasure box. You open it up and it's full of jewels, way beyond anything you've ever seen. And so what do you do next? It says this, when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in joy, he went out and sold all he had and bought the field. Point one of my sermon, I have three quick points today. This is a much shorter one. But point one is Jesus is calling us to exchange our finances for something far greater. 
You see, so many of us are like, no, God, I don't want you to to touch my finances. Stay away. It's mine. I want it. And he's saying, I'm not trying to steal from you. I'm not trying to take from you. Many of us think, well, God's just trying to wipe me out. No, God's saying, I actually have something so much better. Do you understand that Jesus says the kingdom is like someone, if you'll release what you have, there's actually an even greater treasure. There's an even greater treasure to be had. And it says this, in joy, he sells what he had. In joy. I want to tell you that some of you are going are gonna to make your most monumental leap of faith today. And, and what you might not be expecting is the joy that's going to come. The joy that's going to come in its place. The Bible talks about this, this crazy phenomenon for Christ followers. And it's this, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, let me just tell you, I like to receive. I actually think I have the spiritual gift of receiving. I like, and, and let's face it, I don't know anybody that doesn't like to receive. You know, you, you love it when someone gives you a great gift. I've never met anyone who doesn't like to get a great gift for them. But can I just tell you, in the kingdom, that there's actually a promise that when you give it's actually greater to give than to receive. And some of you are going to tap into that. Like, I'll never forget when we emptied our savings as a young couple, Stephanie and I did, and it was hard for me. Let me just be really real. I struggled with that. She didn't, but I really struggled with that. But that day, we put that check in the offering basket for the first facility, the first building we were ever building in a church that we were growing up in. There was this joy that overtook me. It was like in the top three most joyful moments in my life. And can I just tell you, this week, we, we, we made our commitment, we gave our first gift, but then we made our monthly commitment, and it was, it was painful for us, but Steph, I was out on a walk praying, and Steph texted me and just said, Robert, we just gave our first monthly gift, and I was anticipating to be like, oh, because it's really big, and, and, not, and I'm not bragging, it's not big, but it's, for, for me it is, and, and, and instead, it was, I felt like a all I can explain is like a helium balloon taking off in my chest. And it was this light, like, yes. And I came back and I said, Steph, it was so cool. When you texted me, we gave our first gift. This joy was released. She goes, I felt the exact same thing at that moment. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That's not why we give. We give to honor Jesus. But it's a byproduct because that's what God promises. Let me go to the second point. So as we come to this day, I've been scouring the scripture on these times when the people of God got together to build the Lord's house. And there's a lot about it. But here was my favorite one. And just to be honest, this is what I'm believing for. It's in Exodus 36. I think you're going to like this. It says, Then Moses summoned Basilel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given the ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. So that's exactly what we're doing. We're bringing offerings so we can construct the sanctuary that God's called us to. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word through the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more. 
because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. That's cool. Let me just say that that's a miracle because humans, we try to hold on. We want, but there's a time in the Bible where God so came on a community that people were like, I can't stop. I just can't stop. Can you imagine looking at your friends? I can't stop. I can't stop giving to the Lord. And we're like, hey, stop, cut it out. It's more than enough. Point two, point two, God wants a community to be so generous. God wants a community to be so generous that there's more than enough. Isn't that awesome? Wouldn't that be incredible to see in our day? Let me just tell you, um, so we got together with these. It, it, it was about 120 individuals and families coming together. And, and honestly, I had this faith dream in my heart of what portion of the $7 million that we're believing for would be brought. And I remember talking to my mentor about it, and he was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Robert, that, that, you know, it's like, don't believe for that. That's, that would be remarkable if that happened. Can I tell you it happened? I want you to see some of the testimonies of people on why they were giving that night. Let's show that film. Hi, my name is Destiny Rose, and I'm giving to The Light Project because when I moved far away from my family, all peoples became my family, and I want this family to have a home. Hi, my name is Jeff, and this is my wife, Lori, and we are giving to The Light Project because we will have a permanent home and a sending base to the nations right next to San Diego State University, and we believe wholeheartedly that when you reach the university, you reach the world. My name is Latine, and I'm giving to Life Project because God has been so amazing to my wife and myself, and we cannot do anything but give all of ourselves to it. So we're going to give whatever we can, and whatever the Lord does from there, praise Him. My name is Bruce, and I'm giving to the Life Project because the community at All People's Church has restored my family, given me new hope in Christ, made the Holy Spirit come alive in my life like never before and is in a great work in restoring my marriage. I'm so stoked to be on board. Hi, my name's Hannah Andrade, and I'm giving to The Light Project because I've seen so many people receive breakthrough and healing through this church, and I want everyone to have the chance to do that. So we are Ben and Rahela. And Jacob. And Antone. And Antone. <laughs> and uh, we're excited about The Light Project because God's really been speaking to me about a light on a hill and how a light shines most when darkness is around it. And I'm just so excited about this church and this uh, family and this project to be a light in the darkness for Jesus. We just want to see more people on fire for the Lord. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm giving to the Light Project because Jesus radically got a hold of me here. He pursued me through my disbelief in church, my unbelief about gifts and what he can do. And he changed me into someone who's passionate about seeing his kingdom advance. And I want to give to the people that have been such an instrumental part in helping me get here and also that have that same vision for every person in the city. My name is Daniel Hancock and I'm giving to the Light Project to be a light to San Diego State University. Hi, my name is Huri and I am giving to the Light Project because San Diego is so thirsty for Jesus. Hola, soy parte del proyecto de vida para alcanzar más almas. Hi, we're the Beeson family, and we're part of the Life Project for the prayer room and more children's rooms. 
Hi, my name is Ruth and I'm, I'm giving to the Life Project because it has completely transformed my family. My kids are getting rocked, my adult children are getting rocked, their friends are getting rocked, and this is where they're gonna get married, they're gonna have their families, and they're going to transform the world. We're going to transform the world through this amazing church. Hi, I'm Nick, and this is my wife, Sheena. And we're giving to the Light Project because we believe in the vision of this church. We're also giving to the Light Project because I was saved, I was baptized, and the foundations of my marriage were built right here. Hi, we're Jeannie and Steve, and we're giving to the Light Project because we want the world to know Jesus. And once in every lifetime, you should have the ability to be part of an exciting project like this. We want our legacy to be we participated in the building of all people's church and they planted thousands of churches around the world. That excites us. Beautiful. Let me just say, so, so many are so generous. Incredible stories of people selling their cars to, to give to this. Uh, people emptying their savings accounts. Uh, one one family, uh, a diamond ring was passed down from mother to daughter, and she sold that to give it all to the, to the Light Project. One, one family said, we're going to sell our vacation home to, to free up more money for the kingdom. Uh, my son gave his beloved horse up uh, for, this, for this project. I, over and over again, um, one, one mother and, and child that came in homeless um, has been restored and is giving thousands to this project. It is unbelievable when God gets a hold of people's hearts and they say there's nothing more precious than the king and his kingdom. And let me just tell you today, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this opportunity to be in the center of what God is doing. So let me, let me finish with this thought. If you're a parent, you've seen these incredible moments that your kids can experience something great, where your kid steps up and they're about to, to get to be a part of something incredible. But then sometimes because of fear, they'll step back. I, I saw this about six weeks ago here. Some of you were, were in the service. One of our pastor's kids came up, little little sweet girl, came up and told her parents, I want to be baptized. And so they with joy were bringing her to that. And all of her little friends gathered around, all in the front to cheer her on. And then as she was walking up to get in the water, she got so fearful and she just couldn't do it. And we were all sitting in the congregation watching, going, oh, come on, come on, come on, you can do it. And she couldn't do it. She just starts crying. And then we had to end the service. And it was heartbreaking. Unfortunately, we have a lot of services. So the next service, the next service, they came out again, and, and she's ready. And then you see her start getting fearful. And I'll never forget what her father did. Instead of just kind of helping her, he wraps his big arms around her back and then puts his other arms right under her and lifts her up like this. And she looked at him. She wrapped her arms around his neck like this and he just plunged both of them into the water. <laughs> lifts her up and her eyes were like, Wah! and then you could tell she was so excited that she had just done it. And I thought that's the perfect picture of our heavenly father. When we're fearful. Can I, can I just tell you, God knows what a fearful thing it is 
are the area of finances, the release of finances. And that's why Jesus addresses it so clearly. Look at this. This is the last scripture I want to read. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you can't do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And don't set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. Don't worry about it, for the pagan world runs after these things, and your father knows you need them. But seek his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Don't be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Point three. God is a father who promises to take care of us financially. He paints himself as a shepherd. And you know what a shepherd does? A shepherd gets near the sheep and says, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to provide for you. It's God's promise. And can I tell you, even from just last week where people started giving generously and radically, I already had people starting to share testimonies. I can't believe it. I gave that money and the next day or two days later, I got a job promotion or I got offered a new job or these finances came in. It's unbelievable. That's not why we give, but it's just who God God is. He promises to take care of you. He's going to meet you. And even in that fearful place, he's going to walk right with you. And I can tell you, he can take a lot better care of you than you can take of yourself. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to finish today by making the greatest and, and, and most significant contributions to the kingdom we've ever made. And we're going to say, God, we're in with you because we want to see you do something great in our city, in the nations, and in the generations. So we're going to do this practically. We're going to take a moment to wait on the Lord. If you want to go ahead and take your commitment card that was on your seat, we're believing for 100% participation that every family, every single, every, every person is going to be able to get involved in this. We're going to wait on God for a minute. I know most people in here, you've already been praying. You already know what you've come to get. But I know some people, if it's still been a struggle or you're still trying to understand what to do. And so we're just going to take a minute because we want to, we're a hearing and obeying people. We just want to hear from our Father and respond to Him. So we're going to take a minute. And then after we wait silent, we're going to fill those things out. And we're going to also do this. This is also the day. We're not just making our two-year commitments, but we're also giving our first gifts. And so you could, if you came with a check, you could just put it right in that envelope. Some people are like, what's a check? And um, on, the, on the front page of our website, there's just a link. You can click on that or you're like, hey, that's too much. You know, then you could just text it and... Uh, we'll put up that number. I know some people give through that, so we'll put that number up. I think you have a slide of that that we can put up. But let's just, let's just take a moment now to silence our hearts before God. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to wait in, in quiet. Father, you've been so generous to us, and we are so honored to be a people that get to be about building a house for you and your presence and for people to be changed. Now speak to your people about our gifts and